You're listening to the Cell Phone Junkie Podcast, your source for news, reviews, and questions about the cell phone industry. Visit us at www.thecellphonejunkie.com. Hello and welcome to the Cell Phone Junkie. My name is Mickey Papillon. And I'm Joey Coppas. And we're up to show number 65. Well, before we get going here, Joey, I do want to mention to everybody that uh, we're going to be taking a two-week break here. I'm going to be leaving for vacation next weekend, and so unfortunately we will not be able to record. But we're going to make it worth the wait for the show that follows that one, and it's going to be a lot of fun. I'm actually going to be traveling up to the uh, to the Minnesota and Wisconsin area, and am going to be spending time uh, with Joey, and Joey and I are going to be doing basically a live show uh, from Joey's house on the weekend of, well, it'll be the second weekend in September, so I guess that'll be what, the 8th or the 9th, somewhere in there, I think is the date. Yep. So we're, we're really looking forward to that. Hopefully, you know, it's funny, we, every week we do this, we're on different sides of the country, we record the show and, you know, mix it all together and make it sound like we're in, a, in the same room together. Hopefully we can get over any sort of, you know, obstacles that may come up of, you know, the way that we do it right now and, and hopefully technically we'll be able to do it as well. So I'll be packing up all my podcasting gear and we'll be taking it up there and hooking it into to Joey's setup and it'll be a lot of fun. I'm looking forward to it. Um, and uh, looking forward to some time off as well. So in the meantime, if you have any questions or comments that you want to get into us uh, for us to answer on that show, uh, you can give us a call at 602-903-4116, or you can go ahead and shoot us an email at thecellphonejunkie at gmail.com. And uh, either way, we'll get your questions on the show. So start off here. First story is uh, the 700 megahertz spectrum auction date has been set. And that was done uh, by the FCC. And it looks like we're going to be January 16th of 2008. So in just about five months from when we're recording this, about 1,100 different licenses are going to be available for auction. We've talked about this in the past. This is the the old uh, analog television broadcasting section um, in the 700 megahertz band. It's going to be divided into uh, a number of different blocks. Looks like uh, A through E, so five different blocks and a number of different licenses within there. So uh, not a whole lot to report on that, but just you know, something to mention. Stay tuned. January 16th is the date that we have on it. And a, a, a product or a site that we've talked about in the past uh, that I've actually recommended, and I'm, I'm not real comfortable about this now, is, is Grand Central. And Grand Central is a, a very unique product and, or site, and what they do is they assign you a telephone number, and they have a number of different area codes to choose from, depending on where you are in in the um, in the, the United States. And you can you can select a specific phone number, and its its service is you take all of your phone numbers and basically attach them to this service. So when someone calls in to this one phone number that you have, your your central phone number, it gets. Uh, redistributed uh, the call to the phone numbers that you have set. So, for example, you can set up to have maybe when so- certain people call, the cell phone ring and maybe your work phone rings, but not your home phone or whatever it is. Well, it's a great service uh, in the fact that it ho- hopefully will work for the for you 
in the future. And what's happened is apparently a very small number of users, but still some users nonetheless, uh, have received emails that have said that their numbers have been uh, given away or, or not not been able to have been kept, and they have been replaced uh, by different phone numbers. So imagine you're someone who's created a phone number and started using a phone number with the service, and now all of a sudden your phone just that number isn't good anymore, and you have to you know rechange everything that you probably just changed recently because the service has only been around for less than six months. And and Joey, I don't know about you, I have a phone number, and I I have been you know, I have not switched stuff over to it. I'm actually very glad that I haven't because this is kind of scary. It is kind of scary, but it's also, I mean, common sense tells you a brand new service. I mean, they kind of say it's still in beta. You don't want to jump into something like that. You know, something that's brand new, kind of let it, give it some time, let it sort out kind of like this, you know, I I doubt this will ever happen again. Um, Or if it does, it'll probably be just a few people. But again, if that, you know, when that happens to you, it, it it's pretty bad. Yeah. But, you know, it's it's not the phone company that you're dealing with here, and you're dealing with a third party. So, I mean, the risk is always there that they'll just vanish tomorrow too. So, well, and and two, there, they, it was. When, I'm trying to remember when it was. It was in the fairly recent um, past that they were purchased by Google, and so they are they are part of Google's, I guess, empire now. Um, but anyway, keep uh, just kind of take it with a grain of salt, and if you're going to use them as a service, make sure that you know what you're getting into, and um, hopefully, like you said, Joey, we won't see this one again. Next thing here, we are a country and a, a world, I guess, uh, that has really embraced the mobile technology. You know, the the majority of the people that we interact with on a daily basis have phones, and there are certain parts of the country that have over 100% uh, market penetration of the cell phone, which means that over one phone per person is found in those particular countries. We are at approximately somewhere in the 70 to 80% range in the United States. And the the most recent story to come out has said that by the year 2013, we're going to see 100% penetration. And what Basically, that means, and it's not that everyone's going to have a phone, obviously, because there's always going to be young and old and people in the middle who don't have them. But the number of people using multiple devices is going to increase pretty pretty rapidly. And so in the next five to six years, we're going to see over 100% penetration here in the U.S. So if you're wondering when that was going to happen, give it about five years. We got a couple iPhone stories here. And uh, the first one here is... Uh, a good one for the European markets, if you're over in Europe and you've just been waiting and waiting if to either get the U.S. version unlocked and get it over there or to get your own, it looks like in the, the near future, probably sometime in the next month, uh, you know, August to uh, September 2007, the, the uh, European carriers that are going to have the phone specifically are going to be announced. And what it looks like is that in Germany, it's going to be T-Mobile. In France, it's going to be orange, and in the UK, it's going to be O2. Now, the I would we're we're thinking here, and and Joe, you made a good point before the show. We're probably not going to see these come out until probably October, November timeframe, just because of you know the the timing and in the implementation of getting them out to the carriers and manufacturing and stuff like that. 
but uh, I would think so. I think it would be more like a you know I I would imagine it would be out for Christmas time. I I I, I would think that they would get it out before then because that I I know it's maybe maybe not as big in Europe as it is here, but that that holiday season's got to be kind of a deadline for them. Um, I think it's interesting that they have to hand over the ten percent of the revenues from the voice and data on the on the devices. So I wonder if that's a similar to what the AT and T has here. Well, and, and, and one thing that they also mentioned here is, what about 3G? Do you think they may be lucky enough to get 3G in these devices? Uh, I don't think so. I don't think so either. Um, I, I know 3G is a lot uh, more a lot more prevalent, I guess is the right way to put it, in, in Europe than you'd find it here in the U.S. We're, we're getting there, but... 3G, uh, HSDPA, and UMTS are, are very, very prevalent. And I would say that the majority of the, the people, if available, would choose to have, to have the iPhone with 3G. But it's kind of undercutting the sales of the U.S. versions of the phone, and I, I think you'd have a lot of people that would be upset about it. So I agree with that. I, don't, I think we're going to see Edge only to begin with. And, uh, yeah, we'll see how that goes. I'm curious if the... Um it's going to be unlocked due to the fact that the you know SIM card usage is so much more in Europe. So you 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 pick it up from one of these providers, but you're able to use it with any of them. Or maybe maybe they're once they get one that's available, um, or once they get excuse me more than one provider worldwide that's carrying this iPhone. What are the chances possibly of seeing it available unlocked? on the networks that provide the service. So, for example, you buy a phone from AT&T here in the United States, and you can take it over and put a prepaid SIM from T-Mobile Germany in it or something like that. That could be interesting, too. Could be. Yeah. Well, speaking of unlocking, the next story here, we've been talking you know, on and off over since June 29th of an unlocked iPhone. And the AT&T... Uh, you know, stronghold on the the phone and, and usage of it has been something that obviously both AT and T and Apple had agreed up upon, and and that they've been excited about because they get their own they get the revenues, and it's you know going to you know one place or another, and, and you have to get it from one of the two. Well, the the iPhone to AT and T exclusivity is is very very close to being broken, and in fact there were a couple of, of big stories that came out this week in relation to that. One was a, a hardware unlock, and basically it went into Joey. You read more into it, so you can kind of explain it into more detail. But it it was it was some, it included a lot of soldering and hardware changes to the device. But um, maybe you can specify a little bit about what they did because I'm not exactly sure. Yeah, it was a few um, a few pins you had to solder, uh, you know, some temporary hardware onto, um, and, and it was was strictly temporary. So once you got the the phone unlocked, you removed all the things you did solder on to the to the to the circuit board. Um, so that's kind of nice. I mean, if you get your phone apart, I mean that's the hard part is getting it you know opened up. You can make the changes, get the phone unlocked, then remove all the the hardware changes you had to do, and then uh, button it all back up. So, and then the, uh, the instructions are posted. Um, I don't have the link here in front of me, but, uh, we can put that if you, if anybody requests it, you can add that. Um, but I guess it works and it's completely free. Well, and this, this other one here is, is a software unlock. And this one apparently has been 
seen in person. In fact, there's there's a video that's on here too that 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 you can check out. And this was from Engadget, and Engadget's uh, founder or you know main main guy Ryan Block was the one who actually saw it. And he said, "Yeah, we saw it with our own eyes, and guess what? It works. And it's a it's a completely so- a complete software." 100% software unlocking solution. So it's not something where you're going to have to open it up to do it. Now, there are a number of, of different options that you have out there at this point. There's a turbo SIM. You've got this hardware you know, option. You've got this software option, which is uh, iphonesimfree.com. And there was another one out there as well, and I, I can't remember it. But we're seeing more and more of these. And I guess the point is is that as as we go forward and as, as these these methods are developed, people are going to take them and they're going to tweak them. And so I would say if we were to look into the, into the future within probably the next three to six months, I would, I would say we're going to see something that's going to, that's going to be extremely easy to do to unlock it that really anyone's going to be able to do it. The interesting thing about this is it's, I don't think it's available yet. Even, um, I, I, you can't just go order this yet. And the other thing is you still have to run through the activation process so you have to go through some other pain, uh, painstaking processes to get around the AT&T activation using some other sites and some other links and other programs. So it's still not just one click, unlock, you're done process here. Yeah, you've got to spoof the device into thinking that you've activated it and then be able to, you know, to pop in whatever the, the hardware or software modifications are to make it work. So anyway, we'll, we'll, keep, uh, we'll keep on top of that as, if, as we see more changes to the way that the phone can get unlocked. On to the device side of things here. First one that came out uh, as far as the, the HTC Libra that we've talked about in the past, which is the GSM uh, S720 is the model number from HT, uh, HTC. Uh, the first... CDMA model of that phone has now been released, and it's a very, very strange, uh, I guess, circumstances that had this one come out. I would not have guessed Quest Wireless would have been the first one to launch the HTC 5800, which they're calling the Fusion. And this is for something we, a phone that we've talked about in the past. It is a candy bar style smartphone. It's got a numeric keypad on the, the front, and it's got a slide out, slide out QWERTY keypad underneath it. Uh, some of the features, it's got Windows Mobile 6 uh, on it, stereo Bluetooth, 2 megapixel camera, micro SD slot, and it is a very, very distinct uh, design something that we've been looking forward to with some of the some of the future releases of Verizon devices. Hopefully, um, in that it's got that 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 twelve key keyboard on the outside, and then you slide it open to to reveal a QWERTY on the inside. So, hopefully, the the GSM version is is not far behind. Um, there have been some review. Uh, excuse me, a GSM version on one of the carriers. It's already out there as the Libra, but on one of the carriers. One thing that that to be mentioned about this one, there have been reviews done about the Vox, and it's not. They have not been positive, and um, so my. My, my comment on this one is that for anyone who's interested in this device, go and take a look. Pop over to one of your Quest centers and take a look. Play with it for a while. Make sure that you're comfortable with it. Um, I know one of the one of the the comments on it was based on where the the send and end keys are, uh, right kind of on the side there. Someone was having an issue with when they would try and slide it open, they would hit the talk button to actually dial when they didn't mean to dial. So just just one of those interesting things that. Uh, that kind of comes up with people um, when they get to test it out. So 
Next one here, AT&T is uh, quietly rolling out the BlackBerry 8820, and this is going to be the the predecessor to the 8800 that's out there. And when I, when we say they quietly are rolling it out, it's because AT&T still has a lot of 8800s out in all their retail locations, you know, across the country. And one thing that they're saying is they're not just shipping these out to all the stores. They're they're actually waiting until the local store the the store is being depleted of the 8800s before they send out these 8820s into stock. And so you're probably wondering, well, how do you know? Well, you really don't. And that's kind of the that's kind of the key with this, and that's why this is a story, is because, you know, th- this this very rarely gets done, and and you wonder why because when they roll out a new device that takes over the, you know, what when one device was filling a need for, you've got this huge supply that needs to needs to go somewhere, and either they clearance them out, use them for you know maybe replacements for devices that get sent back or something, but you very rarely see this, and it brings up a good point with the new launch of the Motorola Q9, which came out this week from Verizon through business and, and uh, online channels and will be this upcoming week in the retail stores. Where are all the queues going? You know, this this has been a device that's been out for just over a year. Uh, they're on their second, I guess, version of the original queue with the, the black model now. But there's still a very, very high price point in $250. And this, the Sprint version has dropped in price significantly, probably in, you know, anticipation of the Q9M coming out for them at some point in the near future. But where are all these old devices going? I mean, if anyone maybe is in the industry and knows why AT&T is do, choosing to do this on this phone versus another, you know, another phone that they would have out, it'd be interesting to know. What do you think, Joey? I would imagine it's because they probably have a, a, a very high stock of it. Um, they may, I guess with product rollouts, they probably usually anticipate the new, uh, the replacement model way ahead of time and you know make their orders accordingly in this case they probably didn't do that appropriately or or they didn't say, or the, the the real reason probably is the 8800s probably didn't sell nearly as well as they they should have or was supposed to um so they're gonna be doing this quiet release uh but i guess i'd recommend to any listener if you're interested in a blackberry 8800 uh don't settle for that for the same price you can get the 8820 with a bunch of extra f- good features Including um, Wi-Fi, all you have to do exactly. All you probably have to do is order it off their website, or you know, ask your store for it. And if they don't have it, then look for look for another AT&T store that could have it. Start looking around. Yeah, I, I kind of thought it was interesting when this one, this 8800 came out pretty close to the same time, or at least they've been a, around for the the same period as as the curve was out, and the curve is is very similar. In the functionality of it, it's got a it's got a different style to it, obviously, with the more rounded keys. And I mean, just it, overall, it's it's a different size. In fact, I had my eighty eight thirty up against a curve yesterday, and it was kind of interesting to see how much smaller the curve is. But quite honestly, how much more comfortable, in my opinion, <laughs> I got to preface that in my opinion, the curves buttons are than than my eighty eight hundred series. So um, anyway, eighty eight twenty with Wi Fi, maybe on AT and T if you can find a store that has one, or just Start, you know, make sure if you're like, if you're interested, you don't just settle for that 8800. 
Next one here is a Nokia product. It's the 6555, and this is a, a skinny clamshell that is very much reminiscent of the, the first Razer version as far as the, the styling of it. Um, it's a little bit thinner. Um, it's a little bit skinnier. And uh, <laughs> one of the features that kind of cracks me up is uh, an, an analog clock on the outside. Um, it's a European phone. And it will be um, available with 3G. Some of the other features include 30 megabytes of user memory, micro SD card slot, and uh, of course Bluetooth, and um, you know a, a nice color display on it. So it's very, I guess, elegant in a European uh, sort of way. Um, I was kind of joking with Joey before the show, and I said, "Well, where's the AM/PM? Because you don't know when on the analog clock there on the outside, unless you." You know, open it up and look at the time on the inside. You don't know what if it's AM or PM. So maybe that's not a problem for people. I don't know. Uh, anyway, the um, the Nokia sixty five fifty five. It's a nice looking phone. If you're interested, uh, put a link in here for you so you can check it out. Next, uh, the Motorola Razr V nine M got released this week from Sprint for two hundred and forty nine dollars uh, with a two year contract. You can pick up this device. It is uh, the most expensive non-PDA phone that the carrier has on its site by $130. So they're very uh, a very, looks like, sought-after device, or at least they're thinking it's going to be very sought-after with the price point that they're going after. Um, but this is also you know, the, the next upgrade, the next in line for the Razer. And the uh, in a device that initially went for you know, $500 back in 2005, so this one is probably going to get, uh, you know, get some, you know, get a lot of spotlight on it. And we've talked about it in the past. The new user interface is going to be key too. So um, everything we thought it was going to be with the large external LCD display, touch sensitive buttons, and then all the Sprint uh, video and music online stuff, uh, EVDO, EVDO connectivity um, as well. So for you Verizon users out there, uh, if you're looking for when your Razor is going to be there, it looks like it's probably going to be this coming Tuesday, August 29th. The Razor 2 V9M is going to be released. Approximately the same price after rebate. The the initial look at the at the the, the pricing information looks like it's going to be $100 more at $349, but you have to take into account you have that mail-in rebate for an, another 100 so it gets it down to 249 with a two-year contract. Full retail on this, if you're not able to get a new phone yet, is uh, just under $500. So still pretty pricey, but uh, I think um, it's going to be good. I think it's going to be one of the you know the next non-smartphone devices that's really going to take over. Yeah, I'm really uh, kind of excited to see this phone. I, I you know I really did like the Razer back when it first came out, and obviously a lot of people did as well. And the new user interface. It, it, it really interests me. This is a phone that I'm definitely going to go check out and uh, play with at the store and uh, just kind of get a feel for it. I think the people that, the people that are going to be that are going to be really interested in this are the, the ones that are just absolutely sick and tired of that Motorola user interface that's been out for you know how many years over how many models of phones and, and we're just now getting up to something that you know is probably reminiscent of these, you know, the, the other Samsung and, and Sanyo user interfaces that are out there that are actually pretty decent. I'd say if any listeners pick up this phone this week or uh, in the following weeks, uh, 
drop us a drop us a line and uh, tell us what your opinion is on this one. And I'm gonna t- the, especially. I'm gonna take that one step oh. further, Joey, because I know okay. Ryan picked one up. He sent me some pictures this week. So Ryan, if you if you can at least give us you know a little bit of a you know of a, a mini review of what your thoughts are on this. In fact, I know you took the pictures of the phone as you were unboxing it with your old razor, and those are the ones you sent to me. So let us know what you think of it, and uh, anyone else who's got that as well. Um, the Sprint model, let us know. Or when you pick up the Verizon model this week, for that matter. The uh, the Windows Mobile news for this week uh, includes the uh, the Altel HTC PPC 6800, which is the same model um, as the Sprint Mogul that was released a few weeks ago. Altel picked this one up. Uh, they're saying it's basically the same type of same specs as what we what we've seen with the Mogul Windows Mobile Six. You know, it's got your Wi-Fi, your EVDO, stereo Bluetooth, two megapixel camera, and you know, and all that. Um, if you have a contract, uh, you can pick it up for, or you need to get a new two-year contract. You can pick it up for two hundred and fifty bucks. Um, that's not bad for this device. I mean, no. that's that's a very. I mean, we're just talking for you know the new Razer. It's only two hundred fifty bucks. You know. Yeah, it really is. It's a it, it's a great all-around device. You had uh, the predecessor to this one for a while. Mm-hmm. I did. I and, uh, yeah, and and it's it's you have to get used to, and you have to be comfortable with dialing from a touchscreen, which is is different. You have to you have to be comfortable with the fact that you're you're going to be using a stylus a lot, or a pen, or a fingernail, or something, because obviously the touchscreen is pretty much integral to everything you do with this, and and so that's just something. But anyway, the 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 an interesting point to make with this is. Where's the Verizon version? Sprint had the mogul come out. Altel's got you know the 6800 out now. When's Verizon's coming out? They're just kind of lollygagging with some of these releases, and it's you know Altel kind of stole a little bit of the thunder here of Verizon, in my opinion. So the first one, first software item here, Joey is uh, is one that I found surfing around and. If you're someone who listens to us talk about how you know we connect our phones and and we're able to transfer contacts, calendar information, you know memos and and, and all that kind of stuff over to the phone, and you're thinking, well, I just you know I just have a just a regular old cell phone and you know I can't synchronize my stuff like that. I got a I got a I got one here for you, and it's from a company called Bitpim, and it's bitpim.org, and this. Basically, what you need to do is you pick up a, a, a USB cable that will work with your phone, and there's there's certain phones that this will work with. Um, I think Joey, you said it was what a couple LGs, um, an AudioVox. Yeah, it's it's quite a few LGs, an AudioVox, um, uh, about five or six Motorola's, uh, three Samsungs, a Sanyo, and a Toshiba. Okay. And this is this is an open source software, so it's the the list is constantly being expanded when uh, donor phones become available to uh, the programmers who are working on this project. So what's great about this, though, is it, it really takes a simple interface and it allows you to synchronize pretty much everything that we synchronize with our smartphones. And there's really uh, quite a bit of, of of integration here. I'm just looking at. Um, on one of the screen caps that they had from the the importing of the calendar, and you can do everything from Google Calendar to you know Max Eye Calendar to um, Outlook to Groupwise and and uh, was this Qtopia? I mean, there's just all sorts of different options here. It's fantastic. Yeah, and and on the phone itself, depending on your phone, uh, this software will 
will read your phone book, obviously, your contacts. Uh, you can change your wallpapers, your ringers, the calendar, the memos, the to-do list, your uh, short messages, your call history, and even your music playlists. So it, it's, it, you know, and I'm sure that depends on your phone and what you have available, but uh, it, it's very, very uh, in-depth. Yeah, it is. And and the software is free. So the only thing that you're looking to purchase would be a cable if you don't already have one with your phone. So so this is a, this is a great one to check out if you're interested in kind of making your, your non-smartphone a little bit smarter by synchronizing some of your PIM data. Um, this one here, Joey, uh, is from Pim, Pimlico Software. I, I always have a hard time pronouncing that one. Pimlico Software Incorporated. Um, and I want you to explain this because um, the, the history of why this piece of software came to be is pretty interesting and, and kind of you've, you've invested into this. And so I know you're, you're excited about it and, and have a good understanding of, of why it's good. Yeah, this, uh, I, I know this kind of uh, the history here, Palm OS, every once in a while you do have data corruption with your databases. And what can happen is you can lose your whole database. Um, if, uh, if a record gets improperly written or if you have a memory crash or a memory error or a bad hot sync, that, that can happen. Um, fortunately, a lot of those are repairable if you can get into the database and fix it. Um, Pimlico Software here wrote a utility to repair those database problems, um, and especially uh, the Palm OS 5 and up. They, their database structure is not implemented nearly as well as it was on the, the previous devices. And to add a lot of the features that they did in the newer Palm OS, they, they kind of did some pretty poor you know, add-on, hacked-on software modifications to get it to work. And a lot of issues developed during that process. Uh, poor quality control and very you know, bad implementation for their new database structure caused a lot of errors for a lot of people. And running a utility like this can, you know, eliminate those problems. So it's uh, 13 bucks. I think uh, people who run Palm OS devices, including all the smartphones, uh, could really benefit from this, especially if you have some trouble or if you have some databases that are kind of out of control in their size. This will uh, take care of that for you. So is this something that, that you would say for both the, the Palm 4 and the Palm 5 OS, it's useful for? This yeah, this is uh, it's more useful for Palm Five OS. Um, it, it it is compatible with all devices running, you know, Palm OS two and up. Um, I myself have never had an issue of corruption in my what seven, eight, nine years of using Palm OS four. So I I don't think it's a that big of an issue with uh, earlier than five devices. And it looks like it's it's a pretty small little app here. It doesn't take up a whole lot of space. Oh yeah, it'll be it'll be tiny. Okay, that's that's a good one to for all the Palm OS users out there just to have that. Uh, maybe maybe have some some issues or you know want to have that preemptive strike to have it so they won't have any issues. Next story here is from the Palm Info Center, and it's a story about the Sprint Trio Seven Hundred WX uh, receiving a new ROM update, and it's one point one five and. The, the main feature of this update, and it's very similar to the earlier Verizon versions that came up, out, is that you've got uh, EVDO dial-up networking capabilities in addition to Bluetooth A2DP support, 
uh, for audio over Bluetooth stereo headsets and some other hands-free enhancements. Um, obviously, the the older Verizon 700W uh, was an exclusive device to them, and only the 700WX enhancements um, are pertinent to the Sprint update. So that's kind of how this one all plays out. So, um, but it's got some some other smaller things on it um, that will probably be unnoticeable to the user, but. Um, you know, certain things like the installer is launched uh, directly from the Trio does not require use of an SD card. Um, so you're you're probably going to be okay um, when you try and do the updates with this, and you're you're not going to see um, you're not going to see too many issues. So that's really good. So I'm excited to see that they've that they've got that out finally um, for the Sprint Trio 700 users. Uh, now on to the questions and comments here. First one comes to us from Harry. And Harry has a comment, and he says, Hey, Mickey, I've always wondered uh, what Bez connectivity was like, so I decided to try to connect my BlackBerry Curve to this service, and the service is exchangemymail.com. And he says, I found a reference to them on the BlackBerry Forum website. They charge $9.95 for a Microsoft Exchange Mail account and another $9.95 for a wireless Bez um, connectivity on top of that. He says, so I tried to start up the Bez wireless sync between the Exchange My Mail and my BlackBerry Curve, but it wouldn't work. To get it to work, I needed to have the, the Bez connection with AT&T. I found out from AT&T um, that the monthly charge for the Bez connection is $45 compared to what they charge um, me for the, the Biz, which is the BlackBerry internet service, which is only $20. So he says, so... It would be about $65 a month just for the Bez service, $20 for the uh, service through Exchange My Mail, and $45 through AT&T. Too rich for my blood. So I canceled the Exchange Mail account. It was only a 30-day trial period. Anyway, just wanted to let you know, Harry. So kind of interesting for the AT&T folks out there. I had no idea that's how the AT&T structure was set up. Um, with Verizon and, and my plan, I spend only I spend forty dollars no matter what I do. So um, that's a little bit different. But um, any thoughts on this one? Yeah, what, yeah. What's nice about his comment is he has the uh, link to exchangemymail.com, which uh, for uh, their their two hundred megabyte mailbox is only ten bucks a month for an ex, uh, hosted exchange service. So um, for anybody else who is uh, interested in doing the same same setup, if they do have the uh, data plan for the BES service, it's a good way to have a, a hosted Exchange server. Mm-hmm. Exchange My Mail looks like a pretty good a pretty good option. Um, you know, they give you a 30-day guarantee, um, and they offer some, looks like some pretty good, um, the Postini spam and virus protection, that's pretty good stuff, so um, that's a good one. So thank you, Harry, for that. Next one here, kind of on the same note from Jared, is he says, you know, um, I installed the BlackBerry Enterprise Server Express, ran it for a couple of days, and it works great. All you do is uh, install it, and it automatically attaches itself to the Exchange server. Uh, you then have your license, and you just tell it what mailbox you want to attach it to. You then have the option of setting up an over-the-air activation or just have the user sync it with a cable, and you're done. It's painless. You can control everything on the user's BlackBerry, like restricting downloads or text messaging. Uh, you can also send the quote-unquote kill pill to the BlackBerry if it's lost, etc. Um, so that's good to know, um, to have someone who has actually tried it out. We talked about this a couple shows ago. And uh, if you've got an exchange server, it's great. You know, one free license. You're ready to go. Yeah, this is definitely something I may try out. Uh, I'm, I may have the opportunity to use this uh, 
at my place of business here. So great. Thanks for the comment. Absolutely. Next one here, comments from AK, and AK wrote into us last week as well, and he says, um, I came across some news regarding software synchronization that you may want to include. Um, number one, the new version of the Missing Sync for Windows Mobile is now available, and I've got a link here for you. Uh, what the Missing Sync does is it's synchronization software for Mac. So if you uh, are, in, are a BlackBerry user, or not a BlackBerry, a Windows Mobile user, and you are a Macintosh user, obviously you cannot use ActiveSync uh, with the Mac. So you need something, and that's where the missing sync comes in. Second thing is, is that Mark's, uh, space, or Mark and Space, the guys behind the missing sync, are conducting a Symbian survey uh, to access demand for the missing sync product for the Symbian OS. Um, and I've got a link here as well for the survey. So if you are... Uh, in that realm of you know the Symbian OS, and you want to give them some feedback on on this product, you can do so as well. Um, anyway, so he goes on to say, if there are any Symbian users out there who use a Mac, they may be interested in having the Missing Sync product made for Symbian. In addition to the run-of-the-mill PIM synchronization, Missing Sync offers SMS sync and backup, as well as notes, music, photo, and video sync. Um, have a great day. Next one here, question from Dr. Jesse says, hello, I'm a very busy pastor with a church that is growing fast. I have the 8525 and the 8700, uh, meaning the uh, AT&T 8525 and probably the BlackBerry 8700, um, if I had to guess. He says, I need to put one of them down and stop switching out the SIM card. Which phone do you recommend to the pastor that's on the go and also an educator? Well, my comment on this is you kind of have to look at, at the various needs that a person has when you're talking about uh, a smartphone and whether it's uh, third-party applications, uh, whether it's information synchronization for, you know, for PIM information, if you want to do it over the air, if you've got a BlackBerry Enterprise server, obviously that kind of makes that decision easier or not. Um, if not, are you synchronizing any sort of email? Are you downloading email? Are you getting your contacts and calendar um, from plugging your phone in or are you just entering it in? Or is there any sort of... Um, any sort of synchronization at all with a computer. So there's there's quite a bit of stuff that you really want to keep in mind when you're when you're talking about which one um, one or the, one or the other as far as that goes. Um, size is another factor. When I look at the eight the eighty five twenty five, it's a little bit thicker than the eighty seven hundred. Uh, the eighty seven hundred is a little bit uh, shorter and uh, but also a little bit wider. So you've you've got some some physical ch- differences there as well. But overall. As far as stability, I'm going with the 8700. Um, if you have, if you want to provide some more information for us as far as what you think um, or what you're going to use it for or what you do use it for, that can help us, you know, maybe give you a better recommendation. That'd be great. But I'm going with the 8700. What do you think, Joey? Yeah, I'd, I'd kind of have to agree with you. Just, you know, just taking a guess here, based on the fact that you know the the, the one line where he's just swips, uh, switches the SIM card out. I guess I would kind of lean to the fact that maybe he doesn't do exchange syncing and maybe he doesn't do the BlackBerry email, but that's just a wild guess. In that case, I'd say the 8700, um, also because it has a dedicated keyboard. don't have to worry about uh, sliding out the, uh, the slider keyboard or grabbing the stylus to make the phone calls. And, and obviously, we, we've kind of kind of gone down that line about the you know blackberry os being more stable than the windows mobile os i think for someone who is just looking for 
a phone that they can use that's got some some good functionality on it. <clears throat> I think the eighty seven hundred is a great one. I think you you know you'd really do have a uh, have a solid device there, and um, so. Get that 8525 up on eBay. Get some of your money back from it. (laughs) (laughs) Comment here from Matt. He says, I just wanted to mention that there are some great deals on Dave's uh, website. And he's talking about Dave Ciccone from Mobility Today. And he has a new store that's up. And I thank you, Matt, for bringing this up because I've wanted to mention it for a few weeks and I just never seem to slide it in there. And it's store.mobilitytoday.com. And there's, there's everything from... From your basic, uh, you know, headsets as far as corded headsets, Bluetooth headsets, cases, and you know, car kits, headsets. You're, we are talking about headsets, keyboards. Um, I mean, just anything you can think of for the mobile world. He's got it over there at his store, and it's and it's at very reasonable prices. And um, you know, go hop over there and support Dave and his store and, and everything that they do because um, they're a big supporter of our site, and we certainly appreciate that. Next, and and last but not least here, is a question from Ryan. And he says, question about T-Mobile and the ability to send an MP3 ringtone to a handset. At my work, most of my co-workers have a Razer and they run off of T-Mobile. I've been trying to get them to... I've been trying to make some tones and send them to their phones by emailing it to the T-Mobile phone email address. It seems to get to the phone. uh, Then when it's downloaded, it will say the file has been deleted. Is there any type of website that will send the ringtones to a T-Mobile phone that they have made? I know Sprint has this with the rumkin.com website. If there's anything else besides my methods as well, let me know. Well, we actually found, or Joey actually found, a, um, a pretty good one here. And this is the, it's Mixer tones.com and it is appears to be essentially a free site where you can upload a song or an image from your computer and send it directly to a phone um we haven't tried it i don't i'll be honest i enjoy i know you're like this as well i pretty much have my phone on vibrate all the time i don't mess around with ringtones a lot so yeah. my phone my phone doesn't support ringtones so. <laughs> yeah you, you, i can't try yeah. it um so I, I couldn't I couldn't tell you one way or another if this is a good good one or not, but mixertones.com um seems to work. Anyone else that's got any other good sites for how to get ringtones to your phone, send them to me so I can get them on to Ryan. Um but that's gonna be our recommendation for this one. So thank you for that, Ryan. Well that wraps up all the the content and the questions and everything for this week. Uh just as a reminder, I mentioned at the beginning of the show, but we're gonna be off for the next two weeks. Uh, look for us the weekend of the 8th of September, 2007. We'll be back for show number 66. It's going to be a, I say a live show, but that's just because we're going to be in person. It's going to be an in-person show uh, where I'm going to be with Joey up in Minnesota, and we're going to do the show together, so it should be a lot of fun. Um, hopefully, we'll we'll have a lot of great content stories and some more questions and comments from you guys out there. And until next time, have a great couple of weeks. Thanks for listening. <laughs>